You are listening to Words from the Brothers, a podcast produced by the Servants of the Word, an international ecumenical brotherhood of men living single for the Lord. You can download this podcast from our website or access it on iTunes or on any other podcasting apps. Matthew chapter 27, verses 50 to 54. And Jesus cried again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. And behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earth shook and the rocks were split. The tombs also were opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. Coming out of the tombs after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. When the centurion and those who were with him, keeping watch over Jesus, saw the earthquake and what took place, they were filled with awe and said, Truly, this was the Son of God. Augustine says, seeing the divine power shines forth so brilliantly in the contemplation of its created works, it is a demonstration of boundless love that it suffers for its subject, dies for its bondsman. This, then, was the first cause of the Lord's passion, that he would have it known how great is God's love to man, who desired rather to be loved than feared. The second was that he might abolish with yet more justice the sentence of death, which he had passed with justice. For as the first man had by guilt incurred death through God's sentence and handed down the same to his posterity, the second man, who knew no sin, came from heaven that death might be condemned which, when commissioned to seize the guilty, had presumed to touch the author of sinlessness. Augustine says that God's divine power shines forth brilliantly, as Paul says in Romans chapter 1, in contemplating even its created works. But it's a demonstration of boundless love that it suffers for its subjects. It dies for those who were held in bondage. And so the first cause of the Lord's passion is demonstrating how great is God's love to man, who shows that love by undergoing death for us. And the second was that in undergoing that death, in order to abolish the sentence of death, he might satisfy even justice. So with justice, God had brought death to the human race for its disobedience, its seizing of the forbidden fruit in the garden out of a desire to be like God, that folly that led to death itself in the human race, the corruption of death, the mortality that's the brokenness of our race. By guilt, man had incurred death through God's sentence. And the day that you will eat, that you eat of this forbidden fruit, you will surely die. And he handed down 
that death, Adam, from generation to generation. But now the second man, the second Adam, who knew no sin, has come from heaven in order to condemn death. Because now death attempts to seize him as it seized all guilty men, but this sinless one breaks its hold on the human race and now allows us to enter into life. And now we see these phenomena that accompany the death of Jesus. Under the old covenant, the Holy of Holies was separated from the holy place within the temple by a curtain. Into the holy place, only a priest could enter offering the daily sacrifices. Most priests at the time of Jesus would enter there but one time in their lives when their duty to offer the daily sacrifice came round. Into the Holy of Holies, separated from the holy place by a curtain, only the high priest could enter. And the high priest could only do so once a year. But in Christ, the temple curtain is torn giving us all access, as Ephesians says, in one Holy Spirit to the Father. The tombs were opened and the bodies of the saintly dead after his resurrection appeared, foreshadowing the resurrection on the last day when our lowly bodies will be remade like his heavenly body. The very earth which had fallen into decay through the sin of the human race, now manifests the power of this singular event. The new and victorious Adam has died, and everything must change. At his holy entry, Jesus said that if his followers did not acclaim him, the very stones would cry out. And now those very stones do so at the death of the Son of God. The centurion utters, no doubt in a mysterious and uncomprehending way, but nonetheless, in truth, the confession, this is the Son of God. May we make the same good confession and give homage to the new Adam, the Savior of our race, the very Son of God, come in the flesh to die that we might live. Words from the Brothers was produced by the Servants of the Word a brotherhood of celibate men that is part of the Soil of the Spirit, an international ecumenical network of covenant communities. For similar and other content, please visit us on www.servantsofthewords.org. If you liked what you listened to, please leave us a review on iTunes or other podcasting apps.